LBC. Three minutes after 12 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where Mystery Hour now gets underway. Um, let me explain how it works. You probably have seen the newspaper or magazine features where someone writes in with a question, a mystery, that they've been unable to get an answer to. It can be quite banal or it can be quite technical. Uh, you're just as likely to hear an answer provided by the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at University of Brighton as you are by someone who saw the answer to the question he's picked or she's picked on, on telly last night. It really is that broader church. That's part of the reason why it's so much fun. So you've got a who, a why, a when, a where, uh, a whither, a wherefore, even the occasional when. So why do we do that? Where does that come from? What's that all about? What does that mean? If you do this, why does that happen? Anything, seriously, as long as it's not boring. Never be boring. And we don't like repetition either, although our collective short-term memory is not what it used to be. And I'm the only person now on the programme who, who's been here more than four months. A very fresh young team now. For six months, sorry. Just time flies, Caroline. I, I had no idea that you'd been here so long. I'm not the only person who's been on the programme more than six months, and Mystery has been running for about six years. So it's perfectly capable that some questions you may be familiar with creep under the wire. Can you do me one favour, though? If you answer a question, and when I say what are your qualifications, and you're about to say, oh, I've heard it on Mystery Hour before, just lie. Seriously. Say, say something else. Just say something. I studied technical drawing at college. Because it just makes me look amateurish if you come on and say, and I say, how do you know that? And they say, well, I heard it on your own programme. How do you not know that? It just makes me sound a bit thick and very amateurish. So, so protect us all from embarrassment by lying. This is the only hour you're allowed to lie to me and not get hauled over the coals for doing so. Five minutes after 12 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Should we crack on? Oh, one other rule. If you hear somebody else ask a question and you know the answer to it, you have to ring in with that, OK? 0345 is that it? I think we're cool. I, I don't think I want any questions about Noel Edmonds either. That's the only other rule I'm going to add this hour. No questions about Noel Edmonds. Very mysterious behaviour this week. But I, I, I don't think this is the time or the place to contemplate it. Five minutes after 12. No emails, no texts, no tweets. Only over the phone. Yep, that'll do. Lee's in Horsham. Lee, question or answer? Question. Why do we have stag and hen parties, not hen and cock parties or stag and doe parties? Why have we got two different species, not the male and female version of the stags same species. I, be, I bet you there might be a species where the male is a stag and the female is a hen. Not that I'm aware of. What about beetles? Have you never heard of the famous lesser spotted hen beetle? No. No, that's probably because I just made it up. But there is a stag beetle, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> stag and hen, stag and hen, stag and hen, stag and hen. Don't know. I thought I should know. This is the sort of question I feel that we should, we, we, we should know the answer to. So why stag and hen? And yep. not two versions, the different genders from the same species. Yeah. I like it. How long have you been wondering about this? Um, been about three or four months. I'm normally at work. I just, I'm actually just come from hospital, so I had a chance to bring in. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you all right, mate? Yeah, no, no, it's just a check-up. Just a what? So, just a check-up. Oh, um, good. For, yeah, so... Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Sorry, it was a bit inappropriate yeah. of me to inquire after that. You don't have to give me medical details. I'm just delighted you happen to be able to listen today, albeit as a result of a hospital appointment. Let's get Lee an answer to the snag and hen-do question. Why? 03456060973. It's a double-bubble question, really, because by uh, exploring the origins of both the stag night and the hen night, we'll get an answer, probably, to why they're not named after different genders from the same species, the male and the female of the same species. And remember, don't tweet or text me to complain about how busy it is. This applies in every hour of the programme at the moment, not just Mystery Hour. 
judicious use of redial. As soon as I say goodbye to Lee, it frees up a phone line for you, potentially. And that's why some people get through loads, and I get all these emails saying, how does he get on every week? How come Wayne in Basildon gets on so much? How come Professor How? I don't know. Ask them. But they do, which means it's possible. There are no secret phone lines here. There's no bat phone. There's no mystery hour bat phone that lets you get through uh, when others can't. Steve's in Sutton. Steve, question or answer? James, hi. Hello, Steve. Uh, Petrol stations. How is it... Whoa, 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 whoa. This, Whoa. this is a motoring question. Uh, it's, a, it's a retail question. Oh, OK. Motoring questions historically are a pretty sound signifier of definite dullness. <laughs> OK, but this applies to pretty much everybody that goes to a petrol station. OK. Why are they allowed to charge decimals of pence that they can't give change to? No other retailer that I can think of is allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, garages will charge 109.9p and per litre. not be able to give you change of that. Per litre, you mean? Per gallon? Yeah, per, yeah but, they, but yeah. it never happens on the actual pump, does it? But uh, regardless of that, why are they allowed to advertise? And they're not allowed to. Effect- Sorry? Anyone could advertise that if you wanted to. If you were paying... Uh, 50 quid for, for... Oh, man, I'm rubbish at mental arithmetic. If you were paying... Yeah. <laughs> let, let's put it this way. If you were paying one pound for 11 yeah. sticks of asparagus... Yes. You, you would be paying per stick of asparagus a, a, a percentage of a decimal. But they're only selling yeah, it in tens. It's the same principle. You, the you, what? The price, isn't as, uh, the price isn't advertised as such, is it? No, but it could be. It would just be silly. It would just be silly yeah, to advertise it as, 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 you know, 9.9 pence per stick of asparagus. They'd tell you that it's 10 for £9.90 instead. So why do they do it for fuel? Because we want to know how much a gallon costs. It's historical. Uh, uh, not sure I agree with you. What I do you mean? It's agree. not a question of agreeing or disagreeing with me. It's, yes, just, it's just an answer to the question. They're not... I, I anybody... Guess, what I do you do? What, disagree with you? What like you're entitled to, but, but it really ends well, Steve. I've got to warn you. What... Uh, <laughs> 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 what line of work are you, what line of work are you in? Right this minute, yeah. I'm up the side of a house painting it. Right. Now you charge per job, do you? Uh, or per, per hour? Per day, per job. Right. Okay. So if I broke but down I your day rate, a fraction of a penny. I know, you would be if we broke it down enough to how much you're charging per minute. You just choose not to advertise it that way because it would be confusing and silly. Well, I think we'll have to agree to disagree. Well, I'm putting you on £10 an hour, right? So 10 over 60 is 1 yeah. over 6. So you're on yeah. a sixth of a something a minute. Possibly. So you are actually... But you're just not advertising it that way because no one would know what you were talking about. Exactly. And you do know what they're but, talking but about. Isn't, but, isn't, but isn't it also uh, a slightly cynical approach by the fuel companies to, as you're driving past to make you think that one price is lower than another? But it is lower than another, if you, as long as you don't uh, just... It is! You, you know exactly what I'm driving. I don't, mate. I, I don't. This is why I hate motoring questions, because motorists and petrol heads seem to see the world in a different way from the rest of us. I don't know what you're driving at. Why does it wind you up? Uh, it doesn't particularly wind me up. I'm just oh. curious as to why they do it and nobody else does. Because because they, you, you know how much one gallon or one litre costs. One litre. You know how much a litre costs. What would you prefer they did? Rounded it up? Uh, preferably, yeah. Oh, so I, 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 right. Steve, come here a minute. 
it's, it's perfectly it's perfectly possible that I've misunderstood your question, so I'm going to leave it on the board. But I think, Sorry. and I'm not going to award myself a round of applause at this juncture, but I think the answer is pretty much what I've given you. Is that everybody could advertise a, a fraction, a de- decimal point, but they don't, because it's not the unit that we're used to dealing in, whereas when it comes to petrol, we're used to dealing in gallons. And they calibrate the pump to make sure that you never actually end up putting into your tank an amount that would cost point something. Except you're allowed to put a, li- a litre or five litres into your tank, and if you put a five, five litres in, uh, they cannot give you change of that, t- of that But you won't put in exactly five litres because of the way the pump is calibrated. It will put in a little squirt more just to round it up to a nice easy number. <laughs> you may be right. <laughs> we you shall find right. out. <laughs> I may be right, I may be wrong. Sounds like the beginning of a song. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. And, and be careful, mate. Tread carefully up that ladder. I don't want to be responsible for any accidents. 12-12 is the time. Mohammed is in Skipton. Mohammed, question or answer? Uh, question. Carry on. Uh, yeah, so... Are you back from college now? Yeah, yeah, I just finished. How'd you go on? You know what? I was actually going to ask a question about what happens if you make such a hash out of the exam. Oh, and everyone goes, they boost no, my, no, I'm no. not asking that. No? Not, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. I'm going to ask more interesting ones. I'm not like depressed all the uni students. Wait and um, see. Uh, yeah, so, um, when, why is it that if you hit puberty younger, you end up shorter, and the ones, the late bloomers, always end up taller? Are you sure this is true, mate? Mate, right. Trust me, this is true. I was like five or six inches taller than everyone in my group. Until year nine. And I used to mock them for it. And then out of nowhere, one summer, every single one of them hits like six foot two. And I'm sat here at five foot ten, like with like a neck injury, like looking up. And then it, it gets worse. It gets worse. The brother, my little brother, in like squeaky voice, still about 16, 17. I go to uni, one term, come back, he shot up like seven inches, and now he's taller than me as well. Let it go, mate. It's not on. No, let it go. Let it go. But but your personal experience does not necessarily speak of a broad, species-wide biological truth. Uh, No, my auntie did tell me that it's a thing before. So if you start puberty younger, you end up shorter? Yes. Right, so we need to know if that's true. And if it's true, then we'll do the why. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think, actually, whether back to my own school. I was chatting about the lad. Do you remember the lad? Did you play rugby at school, mate? I uh, did indeed. Do you remember the lad who hit puberty first? Yeah. Was that you? Uh, it, no, no, no. I was just, I was just a fat prop. It was a, uh, kid, it was a fat <laughs> prop. It was a kid called Dudfield at our school, and for about a year and a half, ever you got the ball, it was just give it to Dudfield, give it to Dudfield, because he was a man. He had pubic hair and everything, and he just walked through us like, like, like you'd walk through a wheat field. We'd be falling apart. All these little unbroken voices going, ah, give it to Dudfield, give it to Dudfield. And the fellow would power through like, no. But I've got notes. So according to your theory, he would now be quite a bit shorter than me because I didn't hit puberty until until about a year and a half after him, even though we're the Indeed. same age. Well, I need exactly. to find him. Unless he was like six foot one. Like, well, that's yeah, what it felt but, like yeah. at the time, but I mean, we were only yeah. 12, so it's highly unlikely he was six foot one. He felt like he was about six foot eight. Okay, I like this question. And, mate, you've probably done better than you realise. In the exams. In the exams. No, I mean the exams, not in life. I got, I got your last tweet as well. I've replied to it, so let me know what you think about that proposal, Mo, as well, when you get the chance. Um, Mo's family hail from Iraq, and he, he tweeted me 
just during towards the end of the last hour, I didn't have time to include it, about how many members of his family were lost under Saddam Hussein's regime and what his dad thinks about the regime today. And it's occurred to Caroline, the producer, and I that we should probably have people like Mo and Kaid and Bashar in the studio on the day that Chilcot is published rather than some of the usual suspects, the, the, the apologists, the politicians, the uh, self-appointed experts. We'll just speak to callers and listeners who've been kind enough to share the benefit of their perspective with us over the years. So if you fall into that category, email me, james at lbc.co.uk. 12.15 is the time. More of this after that. This is LBN on LBC. 90 minutes after 12 is the time. The origins of stag and hen nights. Why don't they report different genders from the same species? Uh, Steve's question about pe- petrol prices. It was Steve, wasn't it? Apologies if I've misremembered that. And uh, is it true that puberty... What was the question again? The shorter you are when it... No. The sh- what? The earlier it starts, the shorter you end up. Is that true? And if so, why? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Um, Kudos to Steve for making me chuckle during the break there with his tweet. Stevens tweeted at Mr. James Obed. So I've got a question for Mr. Al James. Will we be better off in or out of the European Union? This is, I think it's fair to say, a little bit of light relief from those considerations at the moment, although we'll be back, no doubt, in that pond tomorrow. Peter is in Kingston. Question or answer, Peter? Uh, it's a question, please, James. Go on. Uh, I just wondered where the term going commando came from. Oh, I mean, is it why, are you thinking of, why are you thinking about such things? I know, I know, it's pretty low. If you're on... When I was in Special Forces... Yes, yeah, go on, tell me, tell yeah, me. It was a well-known fact that before <laughs> going on a mission, you had to take off your undercrackers. <laughs> right, OK. I, I thought everybody I thought everybody knew that. <laughs> yes, well, I did, I did wonder if it was particularly well-known that commandos did that. But, uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I mean, obviously, I, ne- I was never in the Special Forces. I was, uh, you know, I'm clearly making light of it. But as, uh, I, have, I think I've been asked this before. I don't think it was on Mystery Hour. And the clever money is, although it's impossible to prove, that it goes back to Vietnam. I, I don't know. Can I ask right. you a personal question, Peter? Yes, yes. Where do you stand on, on, on undercarriage chafing? Uh, it does definitely get a little sore during the hot weather. And I, 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 I don't know whether you've discovered this, but as I get older, I suddenly realise why talcum powder was invented. We shouldn't get an hallelujah for undercarriage chafing. What's going on now? So I think I think in in moist and humid conditions of warmth, yeah. Under, yeah. undercarriage chafing incidences increase, and going commando provides more ventilation. Would be a sensible idea, most definitely. And yeah. this this yeah. became commonplace among American GI American soldiers in Vietnam in 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 the Vietnam War. I like it. I like it. It sounds good. Do it you know d- d- there is a synonym for it? But that's sure. not. I'm not. I'm not in a. I'm not in a position to repeat that on a program on a on a uh, before the watershed. So that that is your answer. Oh, okay. No, no one knows for sure, but it's believed that it goes back to uh, commandos in Vietnam not wearing undercrackers because it it, it provided you know more air airflow airflow. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you very Peter. much. James. Round of applause for me. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. 12.22 is the time. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not accepting stewards' inquiries on that because I don't want to talk about undercarriage chafing anymore. Phil's in Liverpool. Phil, question or answer? 
You were on fire yesterday, Phil. How are you feeling today? And you know, I don't normally like having people on more than once a week, but I'll make no, an exception. I'm sorry, I don't mean to butt in. You... And it's not like a private programme. I'm not in Liverpool. I'm, I'm lying on my bunk in Bridgewater at the moment on my way down to Honiton. Um, that was funny, that bit. I've, oh, anyway, it's true. Um, undercarriage chafing, mate. It's all about yeah, the undercarriage. Undercrackers, yeah. Undercarriage. Nice, nice, yeah. Nice use of, word, of the phrase airflow. That's, That's what we're here for. Right. Petrol pumps. Yes. Okay. First of all, it's psychological pricing yeah. to get you onto the forecourt. But the pumps only dispense in full pennies, but they will dispense in fractions of litres, so it's balanced out that way round. So I was 176% correct. Absolutely. I said the pumps were calibrated in a way that meant you couldn't end up with a fraction of a penny cost, yeah. and you're not being ripped off because the rounding up is not done to the money, it's done to the fuel. It is, yes. And, it, and, and at the end of the day, regardless of what you felt about it, you were so psychologically brought onto the forecourt by the price got you yeah and, and if it was i mean if it what is it so so 0.9 if you times it by 10 and you said 10 liters to make it a nice round number we just wouldn't know what was going on we wouldn't be used to it no and you're only talking about a thimbleful it's ridiculous it is a thimbleful qualifications philip tanker driver i can't say fairer than that Thank, thank you, you. No, thank you. 24 minutes after 12. That's the same Phil who brought tears to our eyes yesterday with his description of what uh, working conditions were like in the 1930s. Tragically, he was making that contribution to a conversation about working conditions at Sports Direct warehouses at the front end of the 21st century. Barry's in Norwood. Barry, question or answer? <laughs> uh, it's a question. Go on. Very important question. Yeah, well, um, I'll be the judge of right. that, pal. Oh, you know, daughters, daughters always do strangest things, right? And Tell my daughter keeps picking up things off the... Oh, mate. She keeps picking up the fucking things off the floor. It's been two seconds, Dad. It's still okay to eat. I'm like, babe's like... It's been on the floor. There's been people, feces, you name it. Well, mate, don't, whoa, 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 whoa. No, the, the, the limit oh, of language on this... No, undercrackers is the limit of language, all right? I don't want anything <laughs> that goes further than undercrackers. Listen, the funniest thing about that was you being in the Special Forces. Yes. <laughs> you're, yeah. more, you're more lily livered than me, James. What are you talking about? Um, what are you talking no, about? You As part of my secret is not giving the impression of being able to kill a man with my bare hands. I don't think they'd let you in the Special Forces with sandals on. <laughs> <in your bag>. <laughs> <laughs> the fa- first lesson I learnt was don't let them know how dangerous you are, mate. Seriously. <laughs> it's a standard issue. It's a standard issue, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I do the opposite. How old are your girls? How old is your daughter? Oh, she's, she's nine and a half. Okay, because I she's do the opposite. I, if it's dry, and, there's, and, and if you can pick it up and brush debris off it, I don't do the two-second rule. I do the kind of growing up in, a, in, a, in an anodyne, hygienic world where you never get any germs, and that's why they get sick all the time. So, you, you, <laughs> if they drop a, a Smarty, I'll let them eat it. If they drop a bit of ice cream, I won't. Well, what's the threshold? There isn't a threshold. No, I'll tell you what the two-second rule's for, Barry. I'm surprised you weren't able to work this out, but to be fair, it was part of my special forces training that taught me this level of critical thinking. (laughs) (laughs) The the reason I think we have that rule is so that they don't labour under the illusion it's all right to pick up stuff they didn't drop. I just think they want their sweet. Yeah, yeah, but they, but you, and that's fine. But you don't want them picking up a random sweet that someone else dropped a week ago because that could have all sorts going on. I don't want them dropping out their own stuff. Well, that's you being a bit... Frankly, that's you being a bit weird. If you'd ever seen any active service, you'd realise it's very important to take on board sustenance whenever you can. (laughs) You're in the special... 
you're going to drag this special forces thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, I, yeah, <laughs> until you I, convince yourself. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean until I convince myself? That's the whole point yeah, 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 about the yeah, sort of training. I mean, mate, I was drinking my own urine back in the day just to keep myself <laughs> no, active no, in the no, field. No, all right. Language. Okay, I apologise. <laughs> I broke the undercrackers <laughs> rule. But I think, parents, there's not going to be a definitive answer to this, so I'm going to take a round of applause for it either way. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think parents, I think parents introduced the two-second rule so you could say to your child, they can pick up a suite they've dropped themselves, but you can't pick up a suite that they've just found under a bench at the bus stop that could have been there half-sucked for weeks. 27 minutes after 12. Thank you, Barry, you sceptical soul. Jim's in Manchester. Jim, question or answer? It's a question. Carry on, Jim. Um, it's an important recycling question. <laughs> I've got a problem every week. How, which bin does my Pringles tube go in? <laughs> The top of it's plastic, the middle's cardboard, and the bottom is metal. Which one does he go in? Is it so? So does, it. Ma- does Manchester City Council have three separate receptacles then? Oh yes, because well, we've only got two. Because for us, it would be in Hounslow. You put the plastic in the plastics, and then the big green bucket is for metals and cardboards. No, we have four. Well, <laughs> I, I can actually answer this question. Oh, good. It's, you have to dismantle the Pringles tube. Yeah, Pers- dismantle it, yes, yeah. exactly. No, that's what I've been doing. You have to. There's no <laughs> shortcuts here, Jim. That's Wh- When I was in right. Special Forces, I could build a radio out of an old Pringles tube. <laughs> and a speaker to go with it. Absolutely man. right. <laughs> a small vehicle. But that's the answer. You, 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 I've got, I've got, you, look, I'm taking too many rounds of applause. Why are people ringing in with comedy questions? The, the challenge you have is removing the metal bit from your Pringles tube without having too much residual cardboard stuck to it. Well, that's it. It's just a problem. I mean, <laughs> but that's the price you know. pay for happily recycling. Jim, this is for you, mate, for being a top bloke. It's not Thank for me. Mate. That's categorically not for me. I've got more than enough in the bank already. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jim. 12.28 is the time. Have we got any proper questions that still need answers? We do- what about Mo's puberty question? It's probably nonsense. It's just him being all chippy about being stumpy. And uh, what's the origins of stag nights and hen nights? 0345 60609... Seven three. Let's get some more questions on the board. Angela is in Highgate. Angela, question or answer? Hello, James. It's a question. Carry on, Angela. First time speaking to you. I'm supposed to be writing an essay. I've just finished my teacher training course, but Standard. I'm distracted. This, this by is a lot out. more constructive <laughs> and probably a lot better for your future pupils. Yes, it's actually a grammar question. Why is it that we could say badly but not bigly and goodly? We could say goodly once. We just don't anymore. You've done Chaucer, haven't you? There's goodly in Chaucer, surely. We didn't do chores at my school because I'm religious. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had a bit of a compromised education. But... <laughs> well, I've got no comment to make on that. I mean, you could probably find Goodly in... It. No, you definitely had Goodly. Okay, it's... so what about Bigly, then? Bigly? Yes. Well, what would be Bigly? In what sentence would you like to use Bigly as a word? Well, if you say badly... Yes, things have gone very badly. badly. Things things have gone yeah. badly. They can't go bigly. They just go big. Or it looks bigly. It look, no, it just looks big. I just, just stay there a moment, Angela. I'm coming back to you okay. in a second. Caroline, was this supposed to be the end of the comedy questions with Angela and her bigly mystery? Yeah, apparently it was. Apparently this, we're back to serious questions now. So you, you want to know why you can say badly but not bigly? Yes, and the, you can say largely. Yes. Why exa- can you say largely, then? I, who's that in the background feeding you these questions? <laughs> My husband. Your husband. He, he's a minute, and He wants to ask a really stupid question, and I said no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know so that... I don't know that... I mean, it's just... It's, it's, it's linguistic evolution. I, quite a lot of these ones probably were in Old English 
in common parlance, but we drop words when we don't use them, and I can't think of any circumstances in which I'd want to say bigly, Angela. Which is why I need an answer. That is your answer. They've just gone out of fact. Either we don't need them, or we didn't use them enough for them to stay in common parlance. But you were saying that goodly yes. has been used... Um, has been used. I think it has. I got, I got this image. I wish I could remember a line from Chaucer. I'm stuck on the, the, the very parfait okay. gentle night, but I'm sure he had some goodly times. Okay, what about Shakespeare? Yeah, he was probably onto goodly as well. There's probably some goodly in Shakespeare as well. But it just doesn't, you don't need the lee. Why not bigly? Because you don't need the lee. You can just say big. So why can you say largely? Why are you some sort of ventriloquist dummy? Put your husband on the phone, quickly. There you go. Hello, James. What is this appalling deputisation of Angela to answer your ludicrous questions? No, no, no. I actually had a different question to ask entirely. What, even sillier than Angela's? She she was looking for grammar questions. I was casting around desperately for grammar questions. And you came up with that. Why can we say badly but not bigly? Yeah, I actually thought of another one. No, no, absolutely not. I'm going to put the question on the board, but for Angela... What's your name, sir? Make up a name quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the news. This is all getting too crazy. Rupert Bartier is here with the headlines. Former Prime Ministers Sir John Major and Tony... On LBC. 12.35 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where I I should... I hate it when that happens. What do the French call it? Esprit d'escalier. When you're you're going down humiliated. I don't think we're humiliated necessarily, but when you went on your way out down the back stairs, you suddenly remember something brilliant you should have said while you were still at the party. I didn't know Donald Trump said bigly yesterday in a speech. I'm trying to find some footage of it in response to Angela's question. Obviously not her real name. Ludicrous, ludicrous conduct in the last call before the news there. But people do say goodly. They say it was a goodly sum. So I think the answer to why some um, uh, some nouns or adjectives can take an L-Y on the end and some don't is... Just evolution and, and, and the, the acceptable standards of conversation. Unless, of course, you're a man who specialises in just rewriting the rule book on everything, uh, like this guy. The time. We lose with our military. We can't beat ISIS. We lose with, lose with trade. We lose with borders. We lose with everything. We're not going to lose. We're going to start winning again, and we're going to win bigly. Bigly. So bigly. Bigly. Now, people are not... Donald Trump yesterday using the word bigly. Don't know what happened at the end there. 12.36 is the time. Back to mystery. Lawrence is Anisha. Lawrence, question or answer? Good afternoon, James. Hello. Tonight, uh, about people growing taller after puberty. Yes. I, the, the, let me remind people of the original question. Is it true that the sooner you start puberty, the smaller you end up? Yes. Oh. And the reason is, in your long bones, which makes you taller, say your thigh... Your yes? femur. OK, even yeah. in your femur, James. Thank you. The um, bones, the cells that make bone are, are situated at either end of the long bone mm. underneath the joint. Now, when you've started puberty sooner those cells will start to cease function. Hence, if you are longer in puberty, those cells are busier, therefore will make the long bones, the femur, longer. Now, you therefore, if you're longer in puberty or later and longer, your long bones will be longer. They will eventually also cease producing osteocytes, bone bone cells. Yes. 
and therefore there'll be a, um, a finite length to that particular bone. But the particular bone will grow in length in a direct proportion to the activity of the bone, the bone generating cells. Sounds pretty comprehensive to me. What are your qualifications, Lawrence, for those who don't know? Medical school for a while. And, and you're a doctor as well. And a dentist for 42 years. A dentist for 42 years. nothing to do with the bones. No, but still. I mean, you, you got closer to medical school than most of us. Well, I was there for five, uh, five years. Does puberty affect your teeth at all? Well, I talked to you a little while ago about your daughters growing longer teeth. Because the end of the roots continue to grow until they just pinch off the nerve at the end. Yes. And it's really the same sort of thing. Yes, that's what I thought. That's why I love this. It's a great answer. So, so Mohammed's right. Mo was right. The reason why he's five foot ten and his brother is six foot two is because partly because he started puberty younger. He got into puberty earlier, and therefore it finished earlier. And therefore his brother carried on growing. Round of applause. Good work, Lawrence. Thank you. Bye. Keep it up. Cheerio. Vince is in Adelston. Vince, question or answer? Question, please, James. Yes. It's um, a question my daughter asked me regarding, she said, the Edwardians, the Elizabethans, the Victorians. Yes. What will happen when this one pops its clogs? That's a slightly brutal language for a small child. She's like that. Fair enough. Well, we'll all be Charlies, proper Charlies. Well, even if the Queen dies, we'll be Charlies. We'll be... um, not um, Elizabethan the seconds then. Oh, you, you mean she's referring to this era, to this reign? Yeah, yeah, she's talking to this reign, yeah. Oh, we'd be the second Elizabethans. It would be second Elizabethans. I think so. I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily a definitive answer to this, but, but I think that, I, that rings a bell with me, the second Elizabethan right. age. Okay. And what else could it be? Well, this is it. <laughs> That's the question, because, I, you know, you, you, when she said Edwardian Victorian, and then she asked me about Elizabethans, I just sort of went, get to your room. Y- yes, that's quite enough of that, room. young lady. Go and do your homework. Yeah, you put me on the spot like that, I have to be brutal. So, of course um, you do. How yeah. dare you make your dad look as if he doesn't know everything about everything, <laughs> and he spent the whole of your life trying to convince you that he does. I, 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 I don't know is the answer, but I, I'll put it on the board. I'm pretty sure it's the second Elizabethan age. But I shall okay. leave it on the board, partly because I want to know for certain and partly because I've had more than enough applause for one day already, Vince. OK, then. Thanks right, very much let's indeed. see what we can do. Is it, what is this era in terms of royalty? So it's not Victorian. It's, it's obviously named after Elizabeth II, but it's not going to be Elizabethan. What will it be? Is there a definitive answer to that question? Is there actually an official a judgment? Um, I, I haven't got an answer to the stag hen question. I, I thought we'd do that quite early, but it's still, still hanging in there. What is the origin? What are the origins of the um, stag and hen knights? And the goodly, badly, bigly, whatever question, if you can answer that. I, I, I think I've answered it, but if you can sound better than I do. In doing so, then there's a round of applause up for grabs. Some claims that, that Donald didn't say Big Lee, he said Big League. We're going to win Big League. Which doesn't make much more sense than Big League, but I suppose at least has the advantage of not having involved inventing a non-existent word. Andy's in Greenford. Andy, question or answer? Good morning, James. Hello. Yeah, go on. What I want to know is... Mate, what are you doing? Have you got a balaclava helmet on? I can't make out a word you're saying. Oh, sorry, mate. What about now? That's marginally better. Come on, Andy. Marginally. Yeah, I want to know, why, when you look in a mirror before I go out on an evening, I'm looking good. How good? 
Oh, uh, 98%. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah not as good as you, James, but 98%. Well, that's my Special Forces training, mate. <laughs> I never saw you in Special Forces. Okay, that's, that's part of the trick. That's part of the magic. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> exactly. Like, this phone line is killing me. Get to the question quick. <laughs> so I look good. In the mirror, I'm looking good. But then when I... I can't do it. I, back. I can't do it, Andy. No one can hear you. I don't know what happened then. It's insane. Constantine's in Luton. Constantine, question or answer? Good afternoon, James. It's, uh, it's an answer. I'm, I'm going to try and uh, answer the question that I think the previous caller was um, on to answering. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's about the difference between uh, process and end result. I think when you use words ending in L-Y, uh, grammatically these are called adverbs, they describe the process. So if you say that, uh, if Donald Trump is saying that he's going to win bigly, Yes. He's forcing the language, but not too much, yes. to say that he's going to win in a way that the process looks grand, bigly. Uh, so he should have said impressively. Yes. Which would describe the process more obviously. Another, yes. yes, I think yeah. you're right. God, you're wrong. You're good, mate. You're very good. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I think I, I should... Uh, <laughs> so it describes a process, whereas the, 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 the one without the L-Y, the big, the, the adjective, yeah. is describing the result. Yeah. So it's just I a question of whether some yeah. words can be both adjective and adverb, but, but some sure. words can't, and that explains that's the answer to fake Angela's question. Yes, and I think that the previous gentleman was trying to say that if he looks in the mirror... No, no, he no, he wasn't, I promise you. I, I know what he was trying uh, to say, because uh, the producer uh, just told me. I'm going to go back to him in a minute. He wasn't even answering. Uh, he was trying to ask a question, Konstantinos. Okay, sorry. No, you're, uh, very, you're very welcome. What are your qualifications? Well, I'm an interpreter, so I deal with language. So uh, I, I have questions that I ask myself every day. So, so and this is this is sort of as a fruit of your multilinguistic nature. You've managed to pinpoint the answer and, uh, to this question. Uh, How many uh, languages do you speak? Uh, uh, well, well, uh, fluently uh, two of them: Greek uh, and English, and and English. No, it's Romanian. Romanian and English. Yes, and then there is Danish and French. A bit of French. Yeah. Fantastic. Round of applause for Constantine. Thank you very much. 12.44 is the time. Andy is in Greenford. Let's give him another go. If the phone line hasn't improved, I'm going home. Apologies for that, James. Is that better? That's fantastic. Oh, beautiful. So, uh, just to uh, recap, uh, when you look in the mirror, you see sex on a stick looking back at you. A bit better than that, <laughs> Looking good. I'm looking good. Looking sharp. However, <laughs> however, the next morning, when I look through the photographs... Now, this is before the effects of alcohol. Yes. This, this is the start of the evening. Yes. I look a bit of a mess, to be honest. I've got oh. four chins, my belly's sticking out, my, my buttons are ready to burst. However, as I say in the mirror, I was looking sharp. Sharp as a butcher's knife. Sharp as a butcher's knife. I, I, yeah, so so why why, why yes. is the reflection in the mirror completely different to re the, uh, the photographic image? It's a curious disconnect between your reflection and your reported image. What do others think? I mean, where, I mean what would an unbiased observer think was a more accurate, accurate depiction of you? The, the, the mirror image or the photograph? But you know what it's like? You can't believe some people, can you, James? You say you look good to give you that bit of confidence because they're, they're on a night out with you. They want you to be happy. They want you to be confident. They're, but hand on heart, them along ha ha evening, so. hand on heart, do you think you are hot? <laughs> well, maybe not 98%, maybe 90 Yeah, so you do genuinely think you're hot and then you see photographs of yourself and you think you, that you look like a right munter. Yeah, I, I think, the, uh, why is the image so different? And it is completely different, James, I'm not... Uh, are we just asking why some people are photogenic and other people aren't? 
See, that's what your producer said. Is it? Uh, and, and I thought that was a bit of a put-down for me. Why? I'm a photogenic. Maybe, maybe I'm not photogenic, because I've got a... Um, well, that's not a put-down. You're gorgeous, but you're not photogenic. Some people aren't particularly gorgeous, but they always take a wonderful picture. I know where you're coming from, to a point, because I've got a friend from Slovakia, a lady friend. Oh, yes. Who looks absolutely fantastic on photos. He really... But I'm, I'm not trying to say she looks bad in real life. <laughs> Mate, stop digging, Andy. <laughs> 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 used to call her Monet, they used to call them when I was younger. Uh, Monet looked great from a distance. When you get closer up... On, on, on a photograph, she looks absolutely fantastic. Yes. So she is very photogenic. So what you're really asking is, is photogenicness a thing? Because without actually being able to see you, we can't judge on how hot you actually are or are not. Oh, you can believe me, James. I, I do, I believe you, but there's a lot of sceptical souls listening to this programme, Andrew, and not all of them will be as easily persuaded as I am. They won't all naturally respond to your innate sincerity in the way that I have. See, that word photogenic, it, it hit a chord with me, to be honest with you. I can tell. I can I tell. Well, I suffer similarly to you. I, 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 am, I am, you know, very good-looking, but quite often in photographs, you would struggle to see that. Yeah, I saw you on TV in a suit. You don't look good in suit, James. Oh. You look, you look fantastic, casual. Oh, I can't present Newsnight. I can't present Newsnight in a tracksuit, Andy. Maybe, maybe smart casual. No time. No sports, sports casual, maybe. I'll go full partridge. Yeah. I'll get myself a Pringle cardigan and a nice pair of soft shoes. But one thing you are, James, Steady and, on. maybe, okay. and maybe this is the thing, you're an extremely intelligent guy, and maybe you've won me over with that, and maybe it's the photogenic problem. You're very kind. So you're, you're seeing somehow a manifestation on the outside of what you think is going on on the inside. Let's find out. Is, that, is, is it possible that Andy is absolutely hunktastic in the flesh, but doesn't take a very nice picture? Thank you, Andy. 12.47 is the time. From the LBC Travel Centre, good afternoon, I'm Jay Louise Nice, and things have improved on the underground now, it's after an investigation at Liverpool. BC. It's 12.52, Mystery Hour is almost over, still need answers to the question of what, what explains why some people are photogenic and some people aren't, Andy needs to know. Uh, we've done goodly and badly. Stags and hens, I thought we'd really ace that one, but we haven't, and what will this age be called? Is it the second Elizabethan age? We've had four Georges, haven't we? Which one replies to Georgian? I suppose third and fourth came after each other. Maybe second did as well. English history is not what it should be. Uh, Lewis is in Doncaster. Lewis, question or answer? It's a question, mate. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's one that my girlfriend asked me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and yeah. uh, at the time, I sort of took the mick and thought it was a silly thing to say. Yes. Since then, it's baffled me. and oh. I've not been able to think of the answer. So the question I've got is, who picks up guide dog poo? Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's quite that. Yes, I can see why you went through a sort of process of dismissal, followed eventually by intrigue. Yeah, I've no idea. At least, sort of, do they get a buy from the law? If it, you know, if the dog fouls, you have to presume so, don't you? And and I have a lot of listeners who are visually impaired or or blind, uh, and one of them will hopefully be able to get through before twelve fifty nine. I like that yeah. question. Is this is this common sort of among your banter with your? Girlfriend? <laughs> Just sort of subject matter that regularly pops up or out? Pookum, Pookum's a bottom, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, okay. 12.50... My first home was in Doncaster. It must have changed a bit. 12.53 is the time. Steve is in Woking. Steve, question or answer? It's an answer, James. But on, it doesn't involve your underpants. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, Commando. Yeah? I think you got it wrong. Never. I think you're wrong. Never. Uh, I'm not sure, right. but something in the back of my mind tells me right. from my l brief... Uh, history of warfare. Go on. It comes from Winston, Chir Winston Churchill. What? Go going commando being a phrase for no. not having your undercrackers on? No, he asked what command, where commando came from. 
No, he meant he, he meant wearing no pants, mate. He didn't mean where does the word commando come from? Well, if if I'm right with commando, can I get an applause for that? I, I mean, not in any conceivable circumstances are you going to get even a single clap for anything you've said so far. Well, should we turn it around and? If you can give the answer of where Commando came, you got you get the applause. No, but the question was, why do we call going pantless going Commando? Oh. Oh. That's the only thing I know as well, James. Whatever. Well, no. I'm you must know some other well, stuff. Right. What's your name? <laughs> What's your name? Steve. There you go. Steve. That's two things. <laughs> oh, God, another round of applause, you prove. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're very, you're very stop talking, Lorraine Tim Finchley. Question or answer, Lorraine? Answer. Carry on. Hello, I'm a photographer, so ah, I yes. think I can answer Andy's the question, question about, about why, why it really is. It's all to do with how you see, or how you pose yourself. Oh yeah. So when you're looking at the mirror, you pose yourself in a way that you look good, and when you're unaware that someone's taking a photo, you're not necessarily posing yourself in that way. But no, I got the impression Andy poses for some of these pictures and still looks a right state. Ah, so he doesn't pose correctly because most people think that when they hold their head up, it's stretching their neck out and it's giving them a longer look and it's getting rid of their uh, double chins. But the trick of it is, is you put your head, you look your head down and stretch your head forward. So... Yeah, no, I, I accept there are things you can do to improve your appearance and, and, and angles. But some that... people always do that. Some people always do it. Every time I take a photograph, they lift their head up and it always looks rubbish. And I say to them, don't do that. And they say, oh, you've cured me. You've cured me. I didn't know that. So I'm just going to give him a little tip. The next time he has his photograph taken, stand slightly angular to the picture no, to, to, yeah but some some people down. are just photogenic though you must know that as a photographer oh, yeah. oh absolutely, absolutely. Well, how, why how but come for those of, um well actually people who are less expressive in real life mm. people who don't smile a lot they don't laugh they don't have that really sort of like angry look when they're angry they don't have all yeah. those they don't get all the wrinkles and everything and they are sort of in real life can look quite um, boring looking and just kind of quite staid and bit, uh, aloof. But in photographs, they look fantastic because they don't have the wrinkles, they don't have the expression, they just look, always look exactly I the same. I, 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 I can't, I, I'm not going to be able to give you a round of applause, Lorraine. <laughs> well, no, but it's not, you're not, so you're not, you're not telling them. I mean, animated. It doesn't matter how much you laugh a lot. You catch them at a funny angle. If you're, if you're out on the night out, everyone's laughing the whole. They, you know, put their head back, they sling their head back when they're... And that's not, that's not, that's not, no, it doesn't, I mean, you can't say only boring people are photogenic, that's just not true. Only boring people, but people who don't. Okay, think, people who laugh the lines, people who wrinkle their nose up when they laugh. No, I'm sticking it with my original. Really you're, not, you're not even close to getting a round of applause, Lorraine. And it's twelve fifty-seven. <laughs> well, can I, we part? Can we part as friends? We can part as friends, but right. I'm no, 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 but no, there's no, no, no. You, you, you're categorically. <laughs> I've got years of experience. No, well, that sailed it, and I sailed it. James is in Blackheath. James, question or answer. No idea, don't. James, hello, mate. Question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on. Uh, in regard to the guide dogs, I'm on guide dog number three, and I'm totally blind as opposed to partially sighted. Yes. Uh, 
Guide dog number three has been somewhat erratic in his uh, performances out and about. Oh dear. Part, part A of the answer is that guide dogs are trained to spend in a, in, a, in a particular area. So at the bottom of my garden, there's a, a little area, uh, kind of four metres by three metres, and the dog takes himself down there to do his business. Oh, bless um, him. Yeah, and the vast majority of guide dogs are trained the same way. But if, if nature took its course while you were out and about... Yes. Now, part B, which is a little bit more of a problem, yes. when the dog uh, spends, when he's out and about walking, as mm. my third guide dog has quite frequently, much to acute embarrassment initially, but now <laughs> I've just got used to the fact that's, that's his way his digestive tract works. Sure. The technique is, first of all, he will stop, he will do his anti-clockwise spin, yeah. and then he will um, go into his uh, posture for doing his business. And your technique for me, what uh, my right leg will be beside his back right leg, and then when he finishes and walks off, I still keep hold of the lid, his lead rather, but because my foot hasn't moved, I know pretty exactly where that poo is going to be, pull out the plastic bag, uh, put your hand inside it, reach down, scrabble about for the poo, pull the bag inside out, tie it in a knot, and then if you're a long way from home, <clears throat> the, 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 the perceived wisdom is you then just find the edge of the curb and leave that in the curb, or if you're n- near a known bin, obviously go and put it in the bin. Oh, OK. I, uh, James, you're a gentleman, and, and you're a credit to dog owners. I, 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 you really are. I'm, I'm going to give you a round of applause. I'd give you several if I could, but I'm out of time. <laughs> Thanks, James. It's coming up to one o'clock. I'm James O'Brien.